welcome back to Tay Learning. My name is Olivia. And my name is Danny, and we are your co-hosts. Today is an opinion-based episode. I feel like we haven't done one in a hot second. These always tend to be some of my favorites to do because I love to compare and contrast everyone's different feelings regarding Taylor Swift songs. Like, We're all Swifties, but our interactions with her music are all wildly different. Yeah, we all experience Taylor Swift in a different way. And I think that that's true for literally most things. We all draw different themes from movies and we all hear different things from speeches that are impactful. And we all hear Taylor Swift a little bit differently and have different favorites. Now, to that point, there are songs that are kind of universally agreed upon that are, oh, that's a great Taylor Swift song. And then there are also examples of, oh, that's not a great Taylor Swift song, but there is somebody fighting in the trenches for every Taylor song you can imagine. Every single one. Even ones that I'm like, really? That's your favorite Taylor Swift song? (laughs) Yeah, people will die on that hill. And with all that being said, today we are going to discuss, compare, contrast my and Danny's and all of your guys' favorite songs from every album. Danny and I will be giving you our top three in order from every album while also discussing what the favorites are that you guys like. So to gather this data, we put a poll up on our Instagram yesterday, and that poll was capturing, for those of you who engaged, thank you, a few hundred of you did, you told us your favorite song from each album. Now, I will say, a lot of y'all cheated, which I get, and put multiple songs. There was one person, I don't remember who you are, but you'll probably catch it if you're listening, For folklore, it was like, what's your favorite folklore song? And whoever it was said, all of them, but Exile. And originally, I read that as all of them except for Exile. But I think she meant, or he, I didn't check who it was, meant that Exile was their favorite. So some of y'all cheated, but that's okay. So we did that. And then we also grabbed some data from a new friend. So we've got a new buddy. Her name is Julia. You can find her on TikTok at the Dugs. It looks like Dooges at the D-O-O-G-E-S. Last fall in October, Julia here went ahead and did a massive poll of around 7,500 Swifties to gather the information we're going to talk about today, which is what is your favorite song off of each album? We combined that data with the data that all of you Tay listeners gave us on Instagram, and we were able to pull some really fascinating stats so we could figure out what actually are fan favorites, because I had an idea of what I thought fan favorite songs were, and I am actually shook to my core that I was wrong. It's wild to see like the actual data show what the fan favorites are, because we're always out here thinking songs are fan favorites, and then they aren't, or thinking songs aren't fan favorites, but they are, question mark. It's just wild to me. Opinions of Taylor Swift songs always blow my mind. I love this stuff. Genuinely fascinating. And again, I really want to hammer in. We could not have done this big of a sample size without our friend Julia on TikTok at the Dugs and on Instagram. If you are a reader like Olivia is, Julia has a bookstagram called the Dugs Reads. And that's Dugs, looks like Dugis 
she and I talked about this, the Dukes reads on Instagram and the Dukes on TikTok. And also for that matter, Julia is currently working on collecting data again that maybe we'll use in a future episode if she's nice enough to let us borrow that data again on Swifty's favorite and least favorite albums, aesthetics, and collaborations. And there's a link in Julia's bio on TikTok and I believe also on Instagram in a link tree. So anyway, if you're a data Swifty, I'm going to just switch up data and data as we go along. If you're a data Swifty and you are interested in this stuff too, be sure to put in your information into these polls that Julia is running. Before we jump into it, you know exactly what I'm going to say. We have some housekeeping items. <laughs> yes, we do. So any and all songs that we reference in this episode are going to be in a playlist in the description that's like that for every episode. Every episode has a dedicated playlist and I put them together while I edit the episode. So please don't let them go to waste for the Tay Learning homework playlists. Make sure you are rating and reviewing this podcast wherever you listen. The interactions there really, really do help us market our podcast, get better sponsors, create better content, you know, everything there. So if you're at Apple Podcasts, if you leave a written review, your review may end up on our homepage, tailoringpodcast.com. So make sure to rate us and review us if you would like to do so. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I implore you to go listen to last week's episode because we dropped some banger tea at the end about a major surprise that's coming up. Less of a surprise now, but if you're unaware of what we talked about, I want you to go listen, loop yourself in, because we are going to have a celebration coming up regarding that special bit of news that we released last week. So go catch up and then come back. And lastly, let's hear from our sponsors. And we're back. So Olivia put me in a very precarious situation because mm-hmm. Olivia knows that I've got a playlist that I haven't updated in a minute, but a playlist called The Big Four for Taylor. And it's my big four from each album. And Olivia knew this and was like, that's too easy. I know what her top four are. She knows what her top four are. I mean, they change all the time, but you get it. So mm-hmm. she's like, we're going to do a top three, which is rude. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I know you have that little playlist that has all your big fours, and I've never really made my big three or big four, so this was challenging for me no matter what, but I want it to be challenging for you too. And again, we thought that a couple of things would make this a lot more fun. And first of all, there will be an opportunity in the description or below on Spotify of this episode for you to put in some information on your big three. So pick whatever album you want. You could write down all of them if you've got the time, but that is 30 songs. And you can write down what your big three for certain albums are. So please, please do that. We love comparing and contrasting. And on our social media, which we'll talk about what those handles are at the end if you're not already with us on there, please share with us your big three from each album. So that was number one. Number two, like we said, was gathering all of this data from literally thousands of Swifties so we could see what the three most popular songs in terms of fan love from each album are. I worded that weird, but you know what I'm saying. And when I say we were shocked by this data, I mean... There's stuff on here that genuinely made me like, what? Same. I was shocked. Some aren't surprises, but we'll talk about them. And you know, Olivia, if somebody said, name 30 of your top Taylor Swift songs, not that they would all be evenly distributed (laughs) from three from each album, but I'd be like, oh yeah, that's a lot of songs. That's a lot of leeway. But when you break it down to the album and it's pick your top three from each album, that's sickening. A lot of these were really hard for me too. Like maybe my number one from the albums was 
you know, obvious to me. Easy. Number two, sometimes was easy. Number three, number three is where for me personally, it got really difficult to decide between probably the majority of the album on some of these albums. So before we jump into this part of it, there's a a few songs that were intentionally left off of the data collection. One of them is Ronin from Red. There's obvious reasons for that. If you want us to talk about, and I have on our TikTok a little bit, but if you want us to talk about some songs that people just don't rate or rank, Ronin is one of them. So Ronin has been left off. All of the Girls You Loved Before from Lover left off because it came out from Lover, quote unquote, years later. Yeah. Olivia doesn't even consider it as part of Lover. No, like maybe if she had listed it as parentheses from the vault, which probably to keep it on brand, like she probably should have, but she didn't. Um, I don't really consider it part of Lover. It's just a random, a random single song. <laughs> mm-hmm. And to that same point, like Safe and Sound, Eyes Open, collaborations that aren't on her albums, those are not on here. And additionally, this data was compiled before 1989's vault tracks were out so 1989's vault tracks not included and if you're listening to this far in the future once we have debut and reputation vault tracks obviously those are not included so first let's talk about debut let's just go in chronological order so olivia what are your big three from debut so my number one is cold as you i already know that's an unpopular opinion but it is cold as you number two i have should have said no because uh, it should have said no. I don't feel like I need more explanation for that one. Three, I have Tim McGraw because that's just so nostalgic for me. Ugh. So my number one is should have said no. Always love should have said no. I literally did it at a talent show in 2007. I was so passionate like I'd ever been cheated on. I'd never even kissed a boy. Anyway, <laughs> so should have said no, obviously. Number two, I have our song. I just oh. love our song. And number three, I also have Tim McGraw because of the nostalgia, because it's so iconic. I will say, I know that we're not supposed to mention other ones, but I'm not going to be able to help myself. I really struggled because today I like a couple of songs actually more than Tim McGraw, but Tim McGraw wins out because of the nostalgia and because I still think it's a great song. Like the outside was fighting. Mary's song was fighting, but I had to go Tim McGraw. You had to go Tim McGraw. Did you have any like this on this album? Hmm. I had a hard time letting go of Picture to Burn. It wasn't necessarily my number one or anything, but I had a hard time letting it go because I have nostalgia for like my specific history with the album. So it was difficult to let Picture to Burn go. Speaking of Picture to Burn, let's talk about the data here real quick. Because again, including all of your responses and what we got from our friend, we have around 8,000 responses. So we're not going to divvy it down to the number. We're just going to talk percentage-wise of this massive sample size of Swifties. Again, these are people that identify as Swifties. 28.8% of them said Picture to Burn was their favorite song on debut. Wow. Followed by 18.1% said should have said no in number two and then in the number three spot our song with 17.6 percent you know this like grouping isn't surprising what's surprising for me is that picture to burn is many people's number one and by a lot like there's a massive almost a thousand vote fall off between picture to burn and should have said no that's kind of crazy to me i mean like i would expect picture to burn to be in the top three it's surprising that it's 
the number one. Oh. So we're going to also tell you, because this data is so fascinating, which song had the least number of people say that it was their favorite song. But it's important to note that that is not the same as a least favorite song. That is a whole different data set that Julia grabbed that we're not even going to talk about on this episode. It being the lowest number of votes for favorite song does not mean that it's the most hated. They probably like, correlate. Is, they probably yeah, correlate, probably. but that's that's it. Yeah, this is like the bottom song in this set of data that people said that song was their favorite on the album. It had and the least people saying it was their favorite. For this album, it's a perfectly good heart. Man, every song has someone that just loves it. And that makes me happy. There were still people who said that it was their favorite. Mm-hmm. Up next, we have Fearless, which is one of my favorites of Taylor's albums. And just so you guys know, we are accounting Taylor's versions. Vault tracks are included in these top threes. So if they apply, they apply. If they don't, they don't. But just so you guys know, going forward, we are accounting for Taylor's versions. Except for 1989, like I said. Truth. I mean, we're, me and Danny will probably have. Me and Danny are counting Taylor's versions for 1989, but for our data set, it's not 1989. Yeah. I can probably explain that better once we get there, but whatever. (laughs) Danny, what are your big three from Fearless? Okay. From Fearless, it's The Way I Loved You. (laughs) This one will take you by surprise a little bit. Massive sleeper hit for Danny and Taylor Swift songs, Forever and Always. Mm Mm-hmm. And then lastly, this one shocked my roommate, Rebecca. How many times in this podcast do I say the phrase, my roommate, Rebecca? Fearless. Nice. I really think that hearing it live on the tour did that for me because I never had much nostalgia for the title track. And then it just kind of rapidly grew. But I want you to know it was fighting against a song that's not a fan favorite, Coming With The Rain. I really think Coming With The Rain is underrated as hell. Wow. You shocked me. I know. Just now. (laughs) I know. Coming With The Rain. I know. I feel, like this, I feel like this is a really good time to say another disclaimer that I, I've said this in the podcast before, but people have pointed out like, well, this was different from the last time you said your favorite whatever. And I'm like, you're damn skippy. It is. First of all, opinions can change. And second of all, I don't remember what I was feeling in the moment on an episode we recorded a year and Literally. a half ago. So Literally. if you're like, wow, this isn't consistent with what you said in the past. I'm not surprised. You're right. Nope. Like I'm even inclined to like have another album ranking a year or two from now because it changes all the time. Yep. All the time. My rankings are never going to stay the same over time. Like there might be like consistent trends of where albums or songs fall in my rankings, but it changes all the time. Oh, for sure. To that point of your rankings, what's your big three from Fearless? My big three are number one, The Way I Loved You, naturally. Two, Fearless, because <laughs> the way that this song opens, just my heartstrings can't handle it ever. <laughs> and three, the other side of the door. Not surprising and at all. Down. <laughs> I you love, love the other the side, other of, side the of the door. <laughs> as far as what the fans have said, not only are we kind of in line with each other, we're kind of in line with the data set. Because number one with 20.4% was the way I loved you. Number three, I'm jumping to number three. Number three was Fearless with 10.9% of the data. But number two was Mr. Perfectly Fine with 16.2% of the data. And 
I have the most unpopular opinion of thinking that Mr. Perfectly Fine is so mid. And it's so perfectly fine. It's so perfectly fine. It's so <laughs> unbelievably mid. And I really think that it rose so quickly through the ranks of people because it's A, a bop, and B, it's T. I think it's just okay. I like it a lot, but I don't think it dominates the original album for me. Yeah, there's a reason it was left off. I sound so bitter. I'm so, I sound like such a hater, <laughs> but I'm not being a hater. It's just, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I almost wonder if so many people love Mr. Perfectly Fine because Taylor grew significantly with her fan base since folklore. And I feel like a lot of, or potentially a lot of love for the OG Fearless album is rooted in nostalgia. I don't know if I would listen to Fearless with modern day, you know, mentality without having been a fan as a teenager and without falling in love with it as a teenager, if I would love the songs as much as I do. So it makes me almost wonder, like, is Mr. Perfectly Fine such a big favorite because of recent people joining the fandom and they were around when Fearless Taylor's version came out and it was new to everybody and it was exciting? Or is it just genuinely a hit for people even who have been fans from the start? I'm interested if anyone's listening that... Mr. Perfectly Fine is your favorite off of Fearless, like why it's your favorite. Well, to that point, the least favorite favorite, that's how I'm going to have to say it, the least favorite of the favorites is Superstar. The very small percentage. That's valid. I mean, so valid. I'm glad that people, though, there's still people that said it's their favorite. I think every song deserves to be someone's favorite. I'm going to say that every single time. Agreed. Okay, let's talk about Speak Now. Olivia, what are your big three from Speak Now? If you're a longtime listener, you know it's coming as my number one. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Haunted. Duh. I go feral for Haunted. If you are a new listener, I can't help myself. I need to brag. I got Haunted as a surprise song. <laughs> I was not okay. though. I was literally, my legs were shaking. I had to like lean on my chair because I was, I had fallen on the ground, like not trying to be dramatic and get attention or anything. I just, I couldn't stand. No, there's, there's video <laughs> of it on our TikTok, you guys. Like watching Olivia have so much joy gave me so much joy. Haunted is her song. I'm convinced that maybe no one out there gets haunted the way that Olivia gets haunted. I sobbed the whole way through. Anyway, so of course, that's my number one. Has to be. Like, I don't even need a big three. That's my big one. (laughs) I'm kidding. Okay. So number two is Sparks Fly because I just love Sparks Fly. It's definitely Fearless Vibes. I like Fearless as an album much better than Speak Now as an album. So Sparks Fly like speaks to me. Forgive the pun. My number three has to be Long Live because it's so iconic. Okay. All right. My number one is The Story of Us. And I've said before that I thought that the story of us was like a fan favorite and the data proves me wrong, I guess. But okay, well, I love the story of us. And then number two, this was the first song I ever loved from Speak Now and it was back to December. It's, I've said before on the podcast that Speak Now was the album where I was like the most detached from Taylor because I still thought she was country. So I was kind of dipping away from country as I was becoming a teenager. So I I wasn't really into Speak Now, but by God, I was into Back to December and I still am to this day. <laughs> and number three, I think this is absolutely the Olivia effect. It's Haunted. Yeah. And it's not just Olivia. It's uh, my boyfriend, Matt, loves Haunted. <laughs> like he's obsessed with Haunted too. And so your guys' love has rubbed off on me. And that sounded weird. I take it back. But you know what I mean. The fans, the fans, this data set has number one with 12.8% back to December. Wow. This one's interesting because like for debut, 
Picture to Burn took almost 30%. And then for The Way I Loved You on Fearless, it took like 20%. And then this one drops down to 12.8%. So there's a lot broader spread on Speak Now, I guess. Yeah, interesting. Number two coming in at 12.2% is Long Live. Not surprising. Me neither. I'm not surprised either. But then number three, this one, this one did take me aback a little bit. It's haunted with 12%. I didn't, where did all these haunted stands come from? Girl, that's what I want to know. Like, <laughs> I have lived my whole spooky career up until the Eras tour when everyone started talking about being sad if haunted was played not at their night. I always went about my life thinking that haunted was an underrated favorite. That like I had a deep cut favorite <laughs> and I didn't realize how many people out there are also apparently feral for haunted because wow. I just, what? Since when? Yeah. Where'd you come from? <laughs> but the least favorite favorite on speak now is ours, which had me gagged a little bit. I thought Superman was going to be the least favorite, but it's ours. You know, not going to lie. I've had a bigger appreciation for Superman lately than I have in the past. So I would maybe agree with liking it a little bit more than ours. Wow. Notable that like the two positive John Mayer songs are at the bottom of the barrel of fan favorites. (laughs) I was surprised to see Dear John not at the top, but whatever. Yeah, interesting. And I know Back to December is a really beloved song, but I was not expecting it to be the top. Moving on, we have Red, keeping in mind that we're accounting for Taylor's version, too. And we did for Speak Now as well, but, you know, the vault tracks weren't as strong as they were in this case, in, at least in our humble opinion. So, Danny, what is your big three from Red? All right. I told Olivia before we jumped into this that I was going to say four for Red because I literally could not decide. And Olivia is going to make me decide. And I have a I have a tiebreaker. So whatever. My number one is State of Grace. I love State of Grace. My number two is All Too Well, 10 Minute. Seems obvious. One of the best songs she's ever written. And my number three, I waffled for a long time between Red and Treacherous. And if I had to pick one, I'm picking Red exclusively for the nostalgia because I really, really loved the song Red when it came out. And Treacherous didn't start doing something for me until Taylor's version. But like, ah, Treacherous is so underrated. I'll do anything you say if you say it with your hands. What a crazy lyric. But if I had to pick one, I guess it's red. But I'm actually refusing to pick one. So it's it's rhetoric, red and treacherous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, I, I feel like we have a lot of similar opinions, Danny, until we get to albums like Red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my favorite is All Too Well 10 Minute, hands down, number one. Red also isn't one of my like top albums. So like I feel like I have unpopular opinions when it comes to it. Uh, my number two is Better Man. That song slaps. I love that song. I can't believe I've ever lived without hearing Taylor Swift sing that song. And my number three is Come Back, Be Here. And I was waffling between that and The Moment I Knew. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. For me, what makes Red is the bonus tracks and the vault tracks. I, I appreciate the core album. It's beautiful. But none of the songs like dominate over each other to me. Yeah, the vault tracks really, not carry red, but really, really enhanced red. The red vault is, like, untouchable. I'm just going to say it. So that point, though, 
41.7% of people said all too well 10 minute was their favorite on red. That is the least surprising piece of data that we have. For real. Accounts for almost <laughs> half of it. But then the fall off is wild because just for reference, that was 41.7%. The number two song has 5%. It varies so much. <laughs> like there, there's such a, a broad spread for red. But the number two song really, really, really surprised me. And it's the last time. That is utterly unbelievable to me and it's not because like I'm not trying to give hate to the last time it's just for me personally I forget about the last time all the time all the time I forget about it it just doesn't really do much for me personally yeah and I did not realize how wildly unpopular that opinion apparently is (laughs) yeah Jesus it's like at the bottom tier Taylor Swift songs for me so I just crazy and another I feel like we say the word disclaimer every episode bottom tier Taylor Swift songs are still better than most songs absolutely this isn't shit talking Taylor or her music this is like the last time of all the songs on red does it for me like almost the least unpopular opinion I guess and then we dropped to 4.4 percent with nothing new interesting interesting yeah I know it's like a a well-liked song I guess I didn't really expect it to beat out other OG track lists in fact you know we can go into this data another time or share elsewhere but after that it's a handful of fault tracks again before we get back into the standard edition of the album so the fault tracks really really slay the house boots down literally the least favorite favorite is a vault track and it's run i like run and you know what else girl at home got more votes for favorite song and if you're a longtime tay listener you know that olivia if there are no girl at home haters olivia's dead literally literally <laughs> i don't like girl at home even taylor's version <laughs> oh my god okay I will say, again, we don't need to go into all this data, but I think the most surprising piece of data for all of Red wasn't even the last time being number two. It's that third from the bottom was I almost do. What? That is so wild. Why yeah. I almost do. I had to like consider, is this top three? Mm, not quite, but it's really high up there. The lack of taste. But I know people are saying that about me right now when I was like, yeah, the last time doesn't do it for me. I know that I, I pissed know. people off. So yeah, it, we're, we all just have different opinions. It's fine. Listen, you can talk shit about us. It's okay. <laughs> we can take it. We wouldn't have started a podcast that we ad- actively advertise to people if we couldn't take a bit of criticism. All right. So let's talk about my favorite album. Let's talk about 1989. Olivia, what are your big three? <sighs> so this proved to be difficult for me. Danny, I think I'm going to surprise you. Okay. And I don't think I'm going to like preface why I think I'm going to surprise you. I think I'm just going to throw it at you and let you digest. Hit me. And I'll explain after. One, is it over now? Two, Wonderland. Uh, Three, Out of the Woods. Where's I Know Places? I I reflected. Uh, (laughs) What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh my God. I'm shocked too. So is it over now is your favorite on 1989? Right now in this moment of time, yes. So let me hop into a little explanation because if you're a longtime listener, you know that I... I'm like, I know Places is my favorite song in 1989, blah, 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 blah. When I was sitting down and like actually like comparing it to other songs, like sitting down, I know Places versus Wonderland, what would I want to listen to right now? What would I skip right now? What would I listen to right now? And it wasn't I know Places. I know Places versus, you know, what, you know, did the whole thing, right? And I think that I know Places was my favorite like two years ago. And I've just been saying I know Places is my favorite because it was an easy answer. I decided two years ago that that was my favorite because it was at the time. 
And I just don't think I ever reevaluated as time has gone on and Taylor's version happened and I grew to appreciate 1989 more as an album. And upon further reflection, this is my ranking right now, my top three. And I am very much aware that Is It Over Now is recency biased, but I can't ignore how that song makes me feel right now. Wow. Okay. You did shock me. I was waiting for I Know Places and it never came. (laughs) Yeah. Out of the Woods came out of nowhere, came out of the woodworks, if you will. Mm. Um, Out of the Woods hits for me right now really hard. I will say, I I hear what you're saying, and we'll talk about this when we get to folklore, but I've had the same top three for folklore since it came out, and Mm -hmm. I didn't reevaluate because I've attached my identity to those top three, so sorry, Um, you're better than me. Anyway, to that point, (laughs) my top two from 1989, top two specifically, has stayed the same forever, and so this will not surprise any longtime listeners, it won't surprise you. New Romantics is my favorite Taylor Swift song of all time, and it has been the first time I heard New Romantics, I ascended, so... That that song is my song, okay? Back in 2014. Literally, that song is my song. When it wasn't on Spotify, I found remixes of other people's versions of New Romantics just so I could listen to it. I had an orchestral version. I had a punk rock version. I had an acoustic version. I had every version I could find. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I am a New Romantics girly, okay? Uh, Number two is Clean. And number three was really, really tough. I chose Out of the Woods. But I I feel like I need to make it, not disclaimer, that's not the right word. I've used that too much in this episode. Right now, if I had to make the decision to listen to Clean or Is It Over Now, I would choose Is It Over Now. Mm -hmm. But I've attached my identity to Clean being my number two favorite Taylor Swift song of all time. And do I feel that way because I've listened to Clean too much? Probably. So I can't write it off. Right. I feel like when we're making these rankings, especially if we're accounting Taylor's version, And, you know, the Taylor's version just came out weighing how intense your recency bias is versus your long term nostalgia is something that's kind of difficult. It's really difficult. Like, is is it over now? Truly my favorite on 1989? I don't think I'm going to know for another year or two, quite frankly. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about the data set here in a minute for 1989. And I think that that kind of proves what Olivia just said. But I do want to make a note that Wonderland was also up there. I just had to decide which song do I overall like the most. Now, I will say there is something that happens in Out of the Woods Taylor's version that mm, makes me so mad. And it's when she goes, oh, I remember. You can hear the autotune in Taylor's version. You can hear it. And it really, really pisses me off. And I didn't catch it until recently. And now I can't hear it. So that did dock at points, but I still love Out of the Woods. Anyway, talking about recency bias, I was shocked bewildered, frustrated to find out that with 18.9%, New Romantics is the favorite song from 1989? Since when? Olivia, (laughs) tell me why you think that is. So I think, to answer my question since when, I think since August 9th, 2023, when Taylor announced 1989 Taylor's version with New Romantics as the surprise song, and the status was taken in September. New Romantics was viral on Swift Talk, and it's not to discredit, you know, people's love for the song, but I think it is a recent fan favorite based off of just my own theories. I could be totally wrong. I didn't think the last time was going to be number two, but it was. So if I'm just blatantly wrong and everyone's been vibing to New Romantics since 2014, then that's, you know, whatever. And to like, you know, have a complete transparent disclaimer, if it is a recent favorite of yours, it's still your favorite and that's valid. It's just, I'm curious as to when it was your favorite. 
same as a new you're not less than if it is recent I'm just curious because like I didn't think a lot of people love new romantics like that that's (laughs) yeah me neither and we are active in the fandom online I feel like I would have seen more love for it losing new romantics killed me and everyone's like oh my god I love this song and I'm like where have you been (laughs) like and it's not like I'm better than you because new romantics was my favorite since the very beginning it's where have you been to geek out about this with me? Because I've been feeling alone in the fandom for so long. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, number two with 13.4% was clean. So, so far, New Romantics clean. That's me. The clean doesn't it. surprise me. People are loud about their love for clean. That doesn't yeah, exactly. surprise me at all. And number three doesn't surprise me either. It's also my number three. It's Out of the Woods with 9%. But I was surprised Style didn't kind of edge out Out of the Woods because Style is like the perfect pop song. And I feel like people are loud about their love for Style. Yeah. Uh, Thinking more, I'm not changing it or anything, but thinking more, I think I put Out of the Woods number three because of her iconic live performances. That's what I associate with Out of the Woods. I don't know if that's like fair not to have my ranking and my heartstrings are kind of sad about I know places when I'm thinking about the Taylor's version growlings that are done but like it is what it is I let I picked it it's fine it's fine it's inconsequential anyway and 1989 is really really tough for me obviously because this is my heart album I love it so much so this is a tough choice because I could make an argument for almost all of these songs for why they should be in your top three but the bottom answer the least favorite favorite unsurprisingly was shake it off yeah, for Shake It Off. It's a perfect radio hit. It's just, yeah. Not a best shake it off. <laughs> Up next, we have the one and only Repuslation. Repuslation. Danny, what is your top three, or grammar? What are your top three from Reputation? My big three. My big three are, are, is, whatever, I don't care. Grammar, New Year's Day, Getaway Car, Don't Blame Me. Beautiful. I, I feel good about that. I do. Yeah. Yeah, New Year's Day is Danny written all over it. It was my favorite when I first heard the album. I wasn't really into her experimental pop at the time, and it took a while for me to really get into reputation. The mm-hmm. tour absolutely did it. But New Year's Day was out the gate, just my favorite. And then the other ones have grown on me. Rep's grown on me quite a bit as an album, obviously. But I feel good about those three. Love. What about you? My top three are, number one, Don't Blame Me. I feel shaky calling anything on reputation a number one just because so much of the album is on the same playing field for me and it's high (laughs) i love the album in general they're like i would have an easier time picking out the songs that i don't jive with as much than like ranking the ones that i really do so this was very difficult this is a shaky shaky ranking for me so like i said number one don't blame me number two king of my heart this one surprises me because if you asked me a year ago how I felt about King of My Heart, I would say it's mid. And lately, it has just been hitting, hitting. Salute to me. I'm your American, American queen. queen. Gets I just, I don't know what clicked, but something clicked. And now I'm obsessed with King of My Heart. I, I, love, I love King of My Heart. I get it. And then number three is extremely shaky. I changed it 500 times, but I settled undress and even that I'm, I'm not confident saying that out loud but that's what I put down that's fair you know what I get it I get it <laughs> kind of surprised you didn't have getaway car in your top three if I'm gonna be honest getaway car came in at number one with 18.7 percent yeah I okay <laughs> I think I have an unpopular opinion when it comes to getaway car I like it a lot and I recognize it's a fan fave 
it didn't hurt me to lose getaway cars a surprise song <sighs> it's never like in my top whatever sometimes i skip it it's a great song <laughs> but it just doesn't do for me what it does for other people but it's Damn. not like it's bad and i dislike it i don't dislike it i really like it it's just not a standout for me all the time Damn. I will say I don't necessarily love the key change in the bridge. I like it at the end, but I, I follow this guy called Will Talks Music on TikTok, and I like his opinions for the most part. And he it's so funny when he talks about reputation. He doesn't like reputation, but he will say he's like, but no other Taylor Swift album has Getaway Car on it. So reputation gets points for that because <laughs> it's just so good. And people agree because it's 18.7%, except for Olivia. You are in the minority, but that's okay. <laughs> number two number two did take me by surprise with 12 percent of the vote it was dress wow and also surprisingly for me the number three vote with 8.4 percent was call it what you want i didn't know people drive to call it what you want like that same that's also surprising i also really like call it what you want but i'm shocked that it's so many people's number one i don't feel like that's talked about enough yeah i wow. think they're like quietly in love with call it what you want the least favorite favorite was Look What You Made Me Do. And I get it. Yeah, not surprised. Yeah, not only was it single, a single, so it suffers from Taylor Swift single syndrome, but as a bonus, it is a very odd, campy song. And that's okay. Yeah, if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. You know, that's, that's Look What You Made Me Do. Look What You Made Me Do live, however, slaps. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about Lover, Olivia's heart album. Olivia, Hello. tell me what your big three from Lover are. <sighs> You know, surprisingly, picking my top three wasn't as hard as some other albums. Like, Reputation was really hard. Lover wasn't that hard for me. I don't know if I'm, like, 100% confident in the ranking, however, but I put Cornelia Street as number one, which is new for me, a new thing, because <laughs> my number one used to be Cruel Summer, which is now number two. Cruel Summer has suffered a little bit of Taylor Swift single syndrome for me. There are times when I skip it because I've just heard it way too many times in recent months. And <laughs> I'm just like, I just can't listen to it right now. And that breaks my heart for Cruel Summer. But it makes me happy for it at the same time. You know, just love-hate relationship with it being a very successful single. Mm -hmm. But Cornelia Street has really, really climbed the charts for me. It's really crept into my heart. And I cried when I didn't get it. <laughs> it's a okay. surprise though. But my number three is Daylight because it's Daylight. It's beautiful. I get it. My big three, number one is Cruel Summer. Cruel Summer was not my favorite when I first listened to the album, actually. It kind of rose there. Mm -hmm. And then it became a single. And again, it has single syndrome, but that's okay. I, I still bop to it. Mm -hmm. Number two is The Archer. I cried the first time I heard The Archer. We talk about it in depth in our Archer episode from last summer, which is still one of my favorites of our episodes. I, I feel pretty good about that. And then number three is Cornelia Street which also had a meteoric rise Beautiful. in my rankings. I will, again, a couple honorable mentions because I have to do them because I can't stop myself, evidently. My first ever favorite on Lover and the one I held on to for the longest was I Forgot That You Existed. And I'm devastated that people hate on I Forgot <laughs> That You Existed because I think it's a great song. It's so fun. And then another honorable mention has to go to Death by a Thousand Cuts just because I think it's such a great song. 
but sometimes I do skip it if I'm not really feeling that intense vibe. Yeah, I feel like for me, what makes Death by a Thousand Cuts is the bridge. Hi, future Danny here. I'm just popping in because one of our Instagram followers, Holly Sawyer, pointed out that at no point in this episode do we actually tell y'all the top three songs on Lover in terms of fan favorites and voting. So we're going to do that right now. In this order, we have The Archer with 11.8%, Death by a Thousand Cuts with 11.78%, and Cruel Summer with 10.6%. And a little bit of commentary, I talked to Olivia. We were both surprised that The Archer came in as number one because we've always felt like that was kind of a wishy-washy, some people love it, some people don't. But I think people are starting to appreciate it. Maybe our episode from last season even helped with that. Who knows? Maybe not. And we think that Cruel Summer probably would have been the overwhelming number one had it not suffered from Taylor Swift's single syndrome, which we talk about a lot, which is obviously just when a really good song becomes a single. So people don't love it quite as much. Anyway, those are our thoughts. Thank you, Holly, for pointing this out. And let's get back to the episode. And the least favorite favorite is You Need to Calm Down. I thought it was going to be me, but it was You Need to Calm Down. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, I really thought it was going to be me. Me too. (laughs) <laughs> but there are still people out there there are still people who chose you need to calm down as their favorite so no, good for them love that for you up next we have the one and only folklore beautiful beautiful folklore danny what are your top three like i said i picked a top three the day the album came out and i just <laughs> haven't reevaluated since then because i love this album so 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 much i i've said this on so many episodes but i have to say again lover pissed me off when it came out because I was so heartbroken and devastated (laughs) but I felt folklore in my freaking soul so I picked my top three and just haven't looked back and that is Invisible String which will never change that is my Mm -hmm. favorite on folklore Exile and The One and The One was the only one that was a little shaky that I thought about reevaluating because I'm like man how much do I really like The One compared to some other honorable mentions like Peace for example or I Love Epiphany or The Last Great American Dynasty And then I was like, you know what? That bitch opened that album with, I'm doing good. I'm on some new shit. And the one has the lyric, in my defense, I have none. No other song has that. So that's a really great clever line. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. What what are your, what are your big three from Folklore? If you're a longtime listener, you're not surprised by my number one. It's the Lakes. I'm a massive Lakes fan. The Lakes fan. I also like Lakes, but I also (laughs) like the Lakes. (laughs) The Lakes is just so whimsical and beautiful, and it makes me so happy. And if you know, you know the original, quote-unquote, version on Spotify. That's my favorite version of it. I don't know what it is about the way that was produced versus, like, the one that's actually the bonus track on the album. But the, quote, original version on Spotify. Beautiful. Love it. (laughs) My number two is Peace. That song makes me cry. If you listened to our episode a couple weeks ago about Peace, I told you what part makes me cry and so good so vulnerable so beautiful love number three this one might be a little bit of eras tour recency bias for me but my tears ricochet Mm. so good that's a good choice it really is and we each have a song in our top three that ended up in the top three on here and folklore is a prime example of a very broad spread because the number one only had 11.8 percent I mean, I guess The Archer also had 11.8%, but still, you know, broad spread on both of these. Number one was August. Not surprising, in my opinion. I love August, too. Number two, with 11%, was Exile. Mm -hmm. And number three, with 10.3%, was My Tears Ricochet. Wow. You know, that top three is not that surprising. And it really could be a combination of almost anything from Folklore, because Folklore is just so stacked with great songs. 
I mean, I think that Folklore is, in my opinion, a perfect album. I don't know if I've said this in the podcast, but I stand by it. Using Folklore and Evermore here, Evermore, which we'll talk about in a second, Evermore has better individual songs, in my opinion. Folklore mm-hmm. is a better album. I agree. Hardcore yeah. agree. Individual songs and Evermore outrank individual songs and Folklore in my massive ranking. Like, And I haven't made one, but like, I love some Evermore songs, like top, top percentage of Taylor Swift songs for me. However, I think Folklore as an album is a better cohesive masterpiece than Evermore as a whole. So that's Folklore, but the least favorite favorite on Folklore, I've got to mention, I'm devastated by this one, Epiphany. I love you, Epiphany. I'm so sorry that the girlies are ignoring you. I mean, I guess I also did because I didn't put it as my favorite, but still. Oh, poor Epiphany. Rebecca said earlier, though, she goes, my unpopular opinion is Epiphany doesn't belong on Folklore because that was not Folklore. That was real. That was too real. (laughs) Too real. Too soon. (laughs) Let's talk about Evermore. What are your big three from Evermore? Number one, Tolerate It. I love Tolerate It. Yeah, y'all should have seen seen that coming, yeah. Number two is Tis the Damn Season. Mm. I don't know if that surprises you or not, but... A little, yeah. It's just so... It just sounds like it's exactly what coming home from college to your hometown sounds like. Like, Mm -hmm. just the literal soundtrack. I know that's what the song is about, but of that whole, you know, do I move on with my life? Do I stay, go fall back into old habits or not? And it's just such a beautiful sounding song and to me like tis the damn season is the most evermore song on evermore that captures the whole vibe of evermore in my brain is tis the damn season that's love fair and then number three is willow i don't care if that's basic i love willow interesting i wouldn't have guessed that i'll be honest <laughs> what are yours so my number one is one of my favorite taylor swift songs of all time again and it's ivy I'm an Ivy stan. I dressed up as Ivy. Mac got me an Ivy ornament for Christmas. I'm an Ivy bitch. <laughs> All right. Uh, number two is Gold Rush. Really like Gold Rush. I'm tired of pe- seeing people shit on it. Uh, number three is Right Where You Left Me. Right Where You Left Me barely edged out Cowboy Like Me, which is the biggest sleeper hit in all of Evermore for me. Like it was oh, at the cool. bottom of my ranking and just went whoop and shot all the way up uh, last year about this time, actually, out of nowhere. And the reason I went with Right Where You Left Me is because I've liked Right Where You Left Me longer, even though in my mind, I like them equally. I've just liked Right Where You Left Me longer. So there has to be a way to break the tie, you know? Yep. And that was the the tiebreaker. That's about right for you. Yeah, thank you. I'll take that as (laughs) a compliment. However, there was kind of a universal consensus on the favorite song in this album, and neither of us picked it for our top three, even though we did a full analysis episode on it in our first season all the way back in 2022. Champagne Problems took 20.6% of votes. Champagne Problems is great. If we could extend this list to like our top five, it would have been included for me hands down. But this is our top three. Yeah. (laughs) Champagne Problems has actually fallen for me. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. You know what? That's not fair to say. It has not fallen. Other songs have just risen. Yes. That's 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 a good way to put it. Yeah. The way it happens. Because Champagne Problems out the gate was so great to me that it had Mm -hmm. the most to lose. Yeah. Number two with 16.1% is right where you left me. Not surprising. Yeah. Not not surprising. Number three is surprising, though, to me personally, with 12.3%. It's nobody, no crime. Wow. That's a lot. I mean, it's not a lot, lot, but like it, it being third is a lot. 
Yeah, it really surprised me. And Nobody No Crime, me and Olivia were speaking before we hopped on mics, that Nobody No Crime was an original standout for the both of us. But Evermore came out so close to folklore that it took both of us a while to kind of get into it. So that was just one of the most different songs on the album. So it was really a standout. And it has just, again, fallen feels like the wrong way to put it. Although I feel more comfortable saying Nobody No Crime has fallen than I do Champagne Problems has fallen. I just... Yeah. I, I don't think on an album as exceptional as Evermore, Nobody, No Crime is that girl. It's not her best writing on the album. It's not her best production yeah. on the album. It's not even, in my opinion, her best feature on the album. So no no shade. Yeah. I love it. It's just, it's not what I it think, once was. I think it's like superficially fun. And not that it's like a super superficial song per se, but like it was my first standout when I listened to Evermore for the first time. And the first one that I was like, oh, I like that song. And I do like that song. It's a vibe. It's just there was more for me to unpack with the other songs. And unpacking the depth of the other songs is what shot those up so much higher. I would agree. And again, I like that it's got the goodbye Earl Dixie Chicks or sorry, the Chicks vibe going on. Mm-hmm. But it's just Evermore is so exceptional and has such remarkable songs on it that Nobody No Crime just gets overshadowed. And that's not to say that people who like Nobody No Crime are tasteless. Obviously, a lot of people love it. It's just not the one for me anymore like it used to be. Yeah, exactly. The least favorite favorite on this album, not a surprise to me, but I am a defender of it, and that's Closure. Yeah, you are a defender of Closure. I am not. I am a pots and pans apologist, baby. I love it. (laughs) I love the weird time signature and the weird production choices. I love Closure. I like the message of Closure. I just... I don't enjoy listening to it. Cut you know? down. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> this is like your me for me. I'm a me defender and you're like, what? And then you're a closure defender and I'm like, Bleh. we all have one. <laughs> We've all got one that we'd die for, I guess. We'd ride or die for. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say closure is my favorite on the album. It's not in my top three, but it gets more hate than it deserves. And I stand by that. That's how I feel about me. Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> if you ever see me rank me last in a lover ranking, it's not because I hate me. I don't hate me. I don't hate me either. I'm just never going to, you know, choose to listen to it, which I guess is how you feel about closure. So here we are. Yep. Well, last but certainly not least, we have Midnight's Baby. Danny, what is your Midnight's top three? Okay. I need y'all to hear me out here because I have to preface that I'm not a local. All right. The first time we listened through Midnight's (laughs) pre 3 a.m. edition, there was one song that absolutely gutted me and I turned to Olivia and said I really liked that song like it did something to me and that song is anti-hero and I know it has Taylor Swift single syndrome I know I sound like a local the message of anti-hero has resonated so much with me ever since it came out how are you going to have lyrics like when my depression works the graveyard shift all of the people I've ghosted stand there in the room or did you hear my covert narcissism I disguise as altruism in a song and think that that won't be impactful for people who have wild imposter syndrome so mm-hmm. I have to like go on my spiel because Antihero was a very not favorite favorite. So yeah, I remember when we first listened to it together, you turned to me and you were like, that's in my top three of all time. Yeah. And it's not in my top three of all time anymore, but it's still, I would still put Antihero in my top 10 Taylor Swift songs of all time. Yeah. Number two, this one is also probably an unpopular opinion. It makes me sound so local. It's Karma. It still is karma. Not the, oh, ice, good, though. not the ice spice edition, notably. But when I pop in my little headphones and I'm I'm strutting down the street, baby, and I'm trying to ignore the cat calling and the noises of the people, and I hear and I keep my side of the street clean. That beat 
oh my god please ignore my singing that wasn't even singing that was just like yelling into the mic (laughs) it does it for me all right i love you karma i love your message i love your vibe and a little uh, karma is the guy on the Chiefs coming straight home, home to, to me. me. Icon status. All right. And then number three is would have, could have, should have. I think it is one of the best songs she wrote of all time. We saw it live mm-hmm. in Nashville night three, which was immaculate. I I genuinely think would have, could have, should have is like iconic. So. I agree. My top three is completely different from yours. I know Although, yeah, I just love a vibe. So my number one is Maroon. Because it's a vibe, especially when she gets to that last chorus repetition and her voice kind of drops and it's like this. And then he has that vocal fry going on. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Love, 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 love. I get but it. That being said, my number two is Lavender Haze. The, uh, uh, like, oh, uh, it's just a whole vibe. And to me, like, Lavender Haze, Maroon, Midnight Rain isn't my third in the ranking, spoiler, but. Those three songs together, in my brain, that is midnight. Mm-hmm. That sound is midnight. Oh, no, I get it. I love it. I'm a hoe for this <laughs> body. <laughs> so therefore, Lavender Haze is up there. I love Lavender Haze. Olivia, at some point, at some point, somebody is going to find this episode of this podcast and they're going to cut you going, I'm a hoe. And that's just going to be the audio. So there you hope you're it. ready for that. Yeah. I mean, as long as it goes viral, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Anything for the numbers, baby. <laughs> but then my number three is you're on your own, kid, because it is just so, so meaningful for Taylor's story, I guess. It it kind of, for me, is up there with like long live in terms of like a Swifty song. Like That song was for the Swifties. From Taylor. I just love it. I love how she acknowledges points in her life that you've never heard her acknowledge before and communicates that she was really going through it, but she's found goodness in her relationship with us. At least that's the message I get from it. Like everything was worth it to get it to this point with us. And it just feeds that parasocial relationship and I eat it up. So real. So real. What the data says is that the number one favorite song on Midnight's with 20.6% is Would Have, Could Have, Should Have. Suppose mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. Deserved. Number two with 17.3% is You're On Your Own, Kid. And number three, uh, Olivia and I didn't count this one when we were doing our rankings, but it really wouldn't have changed my top three anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. You're Losing Me with 8.9%. Big drop off mm-hmm. there, but you're losing me. And because we didn't really consider it, and some people don't consider it true Midnight's because it came out more than a year later, we will mention our number four, which is Maroon with 7.2%. Now, I do want to say something, something controversial. So roll with me here. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably agree, right? Olivia said something earlier, and I have to repeat it right now. People like to act high and mighty about not caring about Taylor Swift's personal life or Mm -hmm. about her relationships or about the things she goes through and about how unimportant that is, quote unquote. And I say this every fucking week now, I guess. I said it last week. Her relationships are not that important. The things that have happened to her that create this art that allow us all to relate to her better is important. And unfortunately, those do go hand in hand. They are a Venn diagram. And this is proven when the top three songs that people ranked as their favorite on Midnight's, would have, could have, should have, you're on your own kid and you're losing me, are all not only personal, but blatant about who the subject is. Absolutely. And I think if we didn't know details about her life, those three songs wouldn't hit for people as hard as they do. Mm -hmm. That's our hot take for the week, I guess. I hate that that's so controversial. But like, I don't, 
care who it was that she dated at 19, but we know who it was and we know what he's capable of doing because we have an entire episode on John Mayer and a follow-up episode on John Mayer about the things that he's done absent of Taylor that make him a piece of shit. And that enhances the listening experience for me, unfortunately. We're human. This is stuff that intrigues us. If it didn't, there wouldn't be reality shows or magazines. No one would care. Unfortunately, personal life drama does enhance a listener's experience. And that's proven here. It's proven. Absolutely. Anyway, the least favorite favorite is high infidelity, which I don't love high infidelity, so I get it. I like high infidelity. I'm kind of sad that it's so low, but it is what it is. I'm not going to like adamantly defend it, you know? We have to mention that Julia, who lent us this data for this episode, Julia, her favorite is Glitch, loves <laughs> Glitch, big Glitch defender, and gave me this wonderful argument about why Glitch would be more beloved if it were the opener of the album instead of Lavender Haze. And I get it. I don't love Glitch, but I do love hearing how passionate she was arguing for it. And once again, we're back to everyone, every Tozo song has a defender, an ardent yes. defender. And that's the magic of the songs that she's created, the fandom that she's built, is that it's such a large scale, broad spectrum fandom that different songs resonate because of wildly different circumstances because we're all different. And at the end of the day, when you listen to like our opinion episodes, of course you have your own opinions and they could be completely opposite of ours. Like yeah. maybe you're a girl at home stan and you're a defender of girl at home and you know that I don't like it, but that doesn't like no one's opinion is better than somebody else's. Exactly. What did you Tay learn this week? I Tay learned that the last time is a fan favorite. <laughs> like genuinely like shook. That was a big one. What did you Taylor? I tailored that I know places is not in your top three for 1989. Uh, I feel so bad about it. Your identity has shifted entirely in my eyes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who are you? Who is this girl? Know. I don't know. <laughs> Bring Olivia back. What are we talking about next week? Next week we are resurrecting an ancient miniseries remaining relevant the ogs get it if you're not an og go re-review remaining relevant is a really really old mini series that we did at the very beginning of our very first season and it is a series of song analyses that have to do with taylor's anxiety specifically about fame so you can go back in our old episodes listen to the other four that we have there to kind of catch up because we might be referencing those songs but when Castle's Crumbling came out on Speak Now Taylor's version last year, we knew we had to do another remaining relevant episode. It was just a matter of when. And when is right now. Next week, we're going to be doing remaining relevant Castle's Crumbling. I'm so excited. Again, we were bringing it back, baby. Yes, I'm excited <laughs> about this one, too, because I love Castle's Crumbling and I can't wait to dissect it. I feel very okay about Castle's Crumbling, but I am excited to deep dive the lyrics because I really like the lyrics. Some could say that this miniseries remains relevant, you know? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not editing it out. I'm not that sorry. No, no, I'm still okay. sorry. Thank you again so much to Julia the Dugs. Go back to the beginning of this episode for all of her ats. And as far as our ats, our social media, you can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Podcast. Go find us on Twitter, X, whatever it's called, at Learning. Join us on our website, taylearningpodcast.com. There might be some fun stuff popping up there over the next few weeks. So keep your eye on that space, bookmark it, what have you. And yeah, we love staying in touch. We love how season three is going. Thank you all for being here and for being with us for the big surprise last week. And we've got some more surprises actually coming up in the next few weeks. So stick around. 
as always, like if you want to reach out and chat about all the topics that we've covered here, if typing in the little Spotify comment section is just too much and you want to send us a email or DM with your big three from every album, we're so interested. Uh, we are a little behind in replying to emails right now, but we will as soon as physically possible for us. Like if you've sent us an email, we will respond at some point. We swear, pinky promise. Our email is tailoringpodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in having a conversation with us. And for this week, my name is Danny, And I'm Olivia. Catch you next week. Hasta la pasta. By now, my... I can't talk. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, not being able to talk, real bad quality for being a podcast host. Literally. Thank God I have an amazing co-host that edits the shit out of me so I sound <laughs> like I can actually form a sentence. Really? Who's that? <laughs> oh, have you met my friend Danny? <laughs> <laughs>